Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Okay, so we're here with uh, Jennifer Lowe and Paul Schaeflein today. Jennifer, thank you for joining us from the uh, Outlook Group today. I really appreciate uh, your time. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Nice to meet you both. It was exciting to uh, see the event last week, seeing the videos of all the new things that are coming through. I'd spoken to a few others that helped like run the the event from a marketing perspective. It's like, it'd be really good to fast follow with a podcast where we go speak to Jennifer about all these cool things and get kind of the inside take. And so I appreciate your time here because I'm assuming you were probably like, ah, everything's over. We've done the video and now we can get back to real work. Yeah, a little bit of that. But I think part of it is being able to really put together our story. Um, we've been working on this project across like multiple teams within Microsoft. And so having the opportunity to tell the collective story and uh, make sure the message is landing with customers, I think that's an important part of what we're trying to do in the next couple months too. So thanks for having me on. And the nice thing was, is obviously I, I was in and out with this because of the graph aspect to it for a while. What I found really cool was is that almost all of the initial, I guess, memos that came out when all this was all formed across the different V teams was essentially used for the the ways that we talked about this publicly in this video, which I thought was pretty cool. Like usually things over time change and the initial idea is not what happened. But to actually see that the initial one idea, and it can't believe it's two years ago, um, came through in that video was really, really, really exciting. Um, so just congrats your whole team on like keeping it on track and keeping everything aligned to what the initial plans were. <laughs> Thanks so much for saying that, Jeremy. That that means a lot. It's really easy when you're in the weeds working on a project to forget what the original vision was. And I haven't even looked back at the original memos myself. So so thank you for pointing that out to me. And so the the framing of the the webinar last week, which I'll we'll put in the show notes so you can go watch the video was um, unlicking your team's apps potential across Microsoft 365. There were kind of like three main things that were talked about as, as, as they framed it up at the beginning. I think just to set some context, what were the three main announcements that happened last week? Yeah, just to summarize, the announcements fall into three main buckets. So first, we talked about extending your Teams app across the Microsoft 365 app and Outlook. So um, there's different aspects of your Teams app that can now work like extend naturally into the new Microsoft 365 app, as well as into Outlook. And the second set of um, announcements talked about the features that now work in Outlook. So we've added support for message extensions. So this includes search-based message extensions, as well as link unfurling. And we've also added support for stage view in Outlook. So if, if you're a Teams app developer that's used either of those features in your in sort of extending the Teams chat and channel experience, those features can now also work when you're creating an email in Outlook. And then the third bucket is that we've also simplified and enhanced the Outlook add-in experience. We announced the ability to bundle um, an Outlook add-in together with other parts of a Teams app in a JSON-based uh, unified version of the Teams manifest. We've also announced updates to the Teams toolkit to allow Outlook add-in developers to build add-ins using Teams toolkit, as well as to combine an existing Outlook add-in with a Teams app using Teams toolkit. And then the third is we also announced a unified app store. So in Outlook, instead of having two different store experiences for getting add-ins and these new Teams apps, we now have one store that lets uh, users acquire both types of apps. 
That's awesome. So the podcast is done. We can we can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> can you clarify though what stage view means in the Outlook context? Yeah. So stage view is a way basically for an inline adaptive card to have like an expanded view. So instead of having the experience just live within the card, you can click a button and have that card kind of zoom in on that card and have it kind of take up a bigger canvas. And so sometimes developers will use this to send kind of a smaller version of a particular item via a card, but then have a button that lets you kind of zoom in on that. Um, and instead of kind of opening in a separate web page, you now stay within the context of the Microsoft app that you're using. You know, you're signed in, you don't have to like do any additional context setting, you just get a bigger view of that item you're looking at. So as the recipient of a message, it has a card, I can click on a see more link and it doesn't take me out of Outlook. It stays right where I'm at. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In my brain, I got, I got message extensions confused with this. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm composing a message. What are you talking about? But that, that's where I got lost. But yeah, yeah, no worries. The word stage is definitely very popular these days in our product for different purposes. <laughs> Yeah, and I know, Jeremy, you had another question later on, but you said the uh, App Store, does that include the uh, deploying the apps or the administration experience or, or is that? Uh... It certainly does. Yeah, I didn't mention that when I was going over the, the, the overview of the event, but we do have both a unified end user acquisition experience through like the App Store that people discover in the product. Um, but we also have unified the app management experience and we're centralizing on Microsoft Admin Center as the place to for admins to manage add-ins and apps across the this sort of set of products. We're sort of in a transition process right now. So if you're doing, you know, deep app management in Teams, you'll still want to use Teams Admin Center for that. But more of these new unified gestures we're adding to Microsoft Admin Center. And the long-term plan is to have um, app management happen in Microsoft Admin Center, but we're not going to get there in a single step. When I, again, initially saw the ideas around this internally, I quite honestly, in working here for so so long now, I thought there's just no way we're going to get to this because there's just so many different product groups wanting to do anything. And there's going to be have to be a lot of I guess people coming together and aligning and essentially agreeing to things that they may not think is the right thing for their product, but is the right thing for our developers, the, the end users themselves and the admins. What were some of the things that that you saw go through that process where you're like, that was just the right thing to do for one of those audiences? That's a great question. And I think I also shared some of your cynicism when I was first getting involved <laughs> in this project. You know, there's just so much history here. What I think is really cool about this project is we didn't just kind of clear the decks and start over with a brand new platform and a brand new user experience. We actually are trying to honestly take the best of a disparate ecosystem we created across you know, Teams, Office, Outlook, um, and we're really trying to unify it into something that kind of works across Microsoft 365, but still kind like we're still trying to respect developers' existing investments in our platform and bring things forward as much as possible in a way that's that's consistent across um, our whole ecosystem. Like it's it's definitely been a fun exercise. Um, we have through the years created a very like we've created distinct platforms for each, like for developers to extend each of our major products at Microsoft. And so it's, it's definitely been a journey to take these distinct and products and try to create a unified developer platform. 
I think one example, and, and this is because I come from Outlook, so I think it's it's very close to home for me, is with Outlook add-ins. We know that over the past decade, developers have been you know, with us on this journey to migrate from COM add-ins to these new web-based add-ins that work not just in Outlook Win32 desktop, but also across the Outlook endpoints. And we really wanted to bring that investment forward. But at the same time, we feel like there are places in Outlook where um, our partners are using add-ins and creating an experience that's kind of cramped and fits into the side pane alongside your email or meeting invites. But it's it's actually better designed for a, you know, a, a full page view. Think of a like an app dashboard that shows you your homepage that has, you know, like all of your items or all of your boards or, or things like that. Right now, a lot of our um, developers are kind of forced in a way to put those experiences into the side pane because that's the only surface we've made available uh, to developers. And so what I think is great about this advancement is that some of our partners will be able to take things which are currently built as add-ins. They'll continue to work even as we move towards this new platform, but they'll now have more options in their toolkit. So they could, for example, build a single dashboard homepage that can be accessible from the left rail in Teams or Outlook or Microsoft 365 and have that, you know, the ability to have their app take up a wider surface um, while still, you know, preserving the the Outlook add-in side pane for parts of their app that need to have deep connection to the email or calendar item that's that the user is looking at. So I think we're trying to create a platform that lets the developer build the best and richest integration with our products um, and also to reuse the same um, element in multiple Microsoft products where it makes sense. Yes, and, and you can see that with like the message extensions and the stage view. And what you then just talked about was like a, a Teams personal app. And I don't know if that name has changed, but now that you'll be able to build that Teams personal app that shows up in the Outlook experience as well, like that's really neat that, that it's less of a matrix of where are things going to work and where are they not going to work. I guess the in, the in, intent is is that it doesn't matter which product you're in, these, these shapes of extensibility will work across all the different products. How many versions of Outlook today have, have been in the product over the years? And what you've described means I can build it as I need it for my, my audience. So that's great. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's great. And, and uh, just I have to say, picking an existing toolkit and extending that instead of a third one, right? We have, we have a couple now. So that, that's also great to hear from, you know, from an external person. Like this is absolutely the right way to go. And, I, and thank you to the teams that are behind us because it's going to make developers job way easier. It's awesome. I like to see that. The message extension in Teams, which now is part of Outlook composing a message, that, that bit, I, I think that's going to be another huge win on that. And I guess my, my think, putting my developer hat, right? So do, what do I have to do differently if I'm in an Outlook message as opposed to a Teams message? Is, is there anything... I can expect to do differently or is, or is the goal that it's easy and if I have a problem, I should speak up? Well, from a developer perspective, the goal is that it's easy. So the idea is that you have a corpus of 
you know, data within your app. And sometimes you want to share a reference to one of those items with other people that you're collaborating with. So today in Teams, you can use a message extension, help, you know, find the item you want to reference and insert not just a link to that item, but a little cart that gives you like kind of a quick preview of that item and allows you to take some quick actions directly from it. And so um, in a way, it's like your repository of data is now easily shareable within a, a Teams chat or channel. What we've done is we've just extended support for that same message extension in Outlook. So you don't, if, if you're sharing, if you're writing an email to someone, you're also able to share that same rich, actionable preview with the recipients of your email as well. The thing that's a little bit different is that email is a much more open communication platform than Teams. Like within Teams, typically you're collaborating with other people within your organization or, you know, or guests who have officially been like added to a, a team or a channel. Uh, whereas an email, you can actually email anybody. And so we've had to do a lot of work to support things like down level experiences for these, um, for the cards that get inserted. So for example, if your email is getting sent to someone outside of your organization who may not have Microsoft 365, we actually send that inline card as a rich HTML representation of the current status. So it doesn't have like the live actionability, but we're still, you know, sending the kind of WYSIWYG version of what you inserted into your email. So it's not like a dead end just because someone's not in our ecosystem for email. So those are some of the things we've had to keep in mind. But I think from a developer perspective, it should just be like, oh, it's, it's just as easy to share a reference to my content via email as it, as it currently is via a chat and channels. And the other part is that you didn't have to build a whole separate message extension essentially just update the config of your existing Teams message extension. And now it can also work in Outlook. So we're not forcing people that if they were doing this already in Teams Toolkit, building a Teams app, building a message extension, we're not saying they have to, this now will automatically work in Outlook. There are some controls to say, no, 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 I don't want that in Outlook. I can just keep this thing in Teams. Is that correct? A little bit. I think developers will have to take a step to update their app to use the latest version of the manifest in order for their app to go across to other um, Microsoft products like Outlook. We are kind of trying to make it the default that if you have a, a Teams app that's of manifest version 1.13 or higher, your message extension will work in Teams and Outlook. Yeah, we're, we're really trying to have it be a very consistent experience for people. So um, if I'm a user of Microsoft 365 and I install AppX, I have the same experience when I paste, you know, AppX's URL in an email as I do in a Teams chat or in a channel. Where, like, I think some sometimes creating too many, you know, knobs and um, options can make it a little bit inconsistent for users and, and kind of help make it harder for people to build those habits. Yeah, no, you're right, actually. In sense of like the link unfurling, it's kind of frustrating that the experience is different currently depending on where you are. So the more you go, I guess, can make that more transparent for people and make it easy in the deployment. That makes sense. We are hearing some feedback from developers that they like to be able to more precisely target their app for certain products. Um, I think the link unfurling case is a, is a good example where consistency and, and you know, cross product consistency is probably the best. But I, I think there's probably cases where 
certain integrations make sense more sense in one product than another. And so we're, we're going to probably have to evolve that as we move forward. But our kind of intent is for things to just kind of be built once, work everywhere in as much as possible. That's the philosophy. Which is great, but I th- I would just put a caution out to developers who are listening. As you mentioned in Teams, uh, the audience of something in Teams probably already has an Azure Active Directory token available, and I can link you to an app of mine that shows data that I know who you are, whereas Outlook is different. So I think while I understand the, uh, that goal, I don't think developers can just say, oh, Microsoft will solve this problem for me. We're going to have to do some work ourselves to make sure we, we use this to its full potential for sure. If, and to that point, I had two questions about like the personal app aspect of it is, you know, if I've got a personal app in Teams and I launch that from the left-hand rail, let's call it Contoso cycling or something. Now, if I'm in Outlook with the, the app launcher, I can now launch that same app directly in Outlook. And so my personal app will get the context there too. Is that correct? Like, so it's just going to know it's Jeremy Thake that's already in Outlook and give me that context through. How much jumping can it do between like with that token can it go get things from teams even though i'm in outlook or is that where the graph comes in and consent magics need to be part of that yeah great question and i think basically we are unifying the client side sdk so the way that the app uses the javascript to interact with it the, the host that has their app embedded. So for the personal app case, yeah, the same SDK will allow you to get context, get an initial auth token to do SSO for your app from Teams or from Outlook. And you will have some content, some um, cues in the app context to know what, what host you're in. There's a new property that tells you the host name. So you can know if you're running in Outlook or running in Teams or running in Microsoft 365. But at any point where you're trying to get backend data from Microsoft 365, we still recommend that you do that through the graph. There's no um, affordance in the JavaScript SDK to, you know, tunnel through to the mailbox to grab your next meeting or anything like that. Those are things that we'd still expect developers to use the graph API for. Yeah, so I, I think in as much as you're, you're doing that today for your Teams app, we'd expect that pattern to remain the same when the personal app comes to Outlook. Yeah, then the follow-up question was, is if like say you had an email or even a Teams notification that had a link in it, which launched like the personal app within Outlook or the personal app within Teams, do you have that control to do that? Like you can, or do you have to rely on the user being in Outlook and in the app launcher and clicking on the Contoso bicycle bicycle app, like can you get them into that state of being in the app inside of Outlook? I think this is a part of the ecosystem that still needs to be fleshed out a little bit. One of the things that we've done as part of this V1 is we have added the capability within um, an adaptive card or an actionable message for a button to open an app. And so, um, Within the kind of adaptive card SDK, there is a new method that's, I think it's just called open app. And it lets you say, hey, I want to, I want this button to open in this app if the app is installed. And here's a fallback web URL if the app is not installed. So it's meant to kind of handle the case where, you know, your service is sending an, an email notification like Contoso Cycling, your your bike rental is due or something like that. Um, and you can send that as an actionable message and have a button, you know, that's like 
view more rental details or something and, and click on that button and have that button open in the Contoso Cycling Personal app. That's the, the kind of notification, unified notification method we've made available. So you can use that same card in an actionable email message, or you could send it you know, from your bot in the Teams chat and have that action work. There's more to do to um, enable, for example, integration between the Teams activity feed and the personal app and have a similar experience in the Outlook's, Outlook's new notification pane into the personal app. That's not that particular um, notification channel is not something we've hooked up yet in the V1, but you can imagine that being something that's in our roadmap too. She said yes. She said yes. <laughs> well, but you know, th that's an okay answer because if I'm in Teams and I click on the bell and I, I don't want it to flip over to Outlook. So I, I think that, take your time and get it right. I think that's okay. Yeah. Keep it in Teams. Yeah. You, you, we, yeah. you don't want it to flip into Outlook. And then on, on the flip side, you actually don't want to be like, notified in 10 different places when your bike rental is due and have, you know, those Whoop. those notifications not be synchronized at all. So that is an area where we're trying to, um, you know, prioritize not, I know for, for lack of a better word, annoying the user um, and try to get the pieces in place to, to do that in a delightful way uh, where you get notified where you are and the app opens where you are, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I do really love the thought that's going to this. Like this is not just a bunch of developers going, let's just put a bunch of stuff everywhere and have event hooks. Like people are, there's canonical samples that are being built to really show like, this is how developers will use this in their own app. So I like the level of detail that's going in here, especially because it is across products. Like if you think about like, I know the AKRs of the individual teams, this is really, there's shared OKRs where it's like the Mao is Mao. It's not like we want to keep people in teams all the time. It's like, we want to keep people inside the Microsoft 365 platform, which is, you know, sometimes these OKRs can definitely go against us internally where there could have been decisions made that would have kept that app running in Teams and Teams only and not been okay with if there's a notification in Outlook that it the app launches in Outlook and doesn't jarringly force you to go open the app in Teams. So I'm glad that uh, this, this all exists. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think across the, the Teams, we are really trying to optimize for reducing the amount of context switching that a particular user has to do to accomplish a task. That's very difficult for us to measure in an OKR. But what we're that's that's really the like end result we're after is that you know we know that people are using Microsoft 365, but we know that we're not able to, you know, be the whole productivity solution for every user, every organization, and that people are using a variety of other first and third party services and apps and tools. And so what we'd like to do is enable those tools to also be integrated into Microsoft 365 in really natural ways that allow you to get more done with less context switching and, and just basically stay in the flow longer. That, that's kind of the goal. And, and I really feel like across the product teams, we've been optimizing for that in ways that are yeah, like not necessarily for the benefit of our own our own products. So if you're listeners who are like me, tools means uh, SDK for graph, SDK for whatever. So what does that mean for developer tools um, to make this work? Right? You said I changed the manifest. Is that all there is or is there more to it? I, I can't remember what we talked about. The answer is at the top here. But can you at least cover from the developer perspective? What is it I expect to get and what I should be using to make this happen? 
Yeah, so one of the things we've done with the the new platform that we're making available in Outlook and Microsoft 365 is that we're actually starting with the Teams tools. So essentially, you would be using the next version of the Teams JavaScript SDK. So I think anything over 2.0.0 is kind of intended to be targeted across uh, multiple hubs, or multiple products. The other thing is we've also just started with the Teams Teams manifest. So like I mentioned earlier, you, you need to be using the latest version of the Teams manifest. And then the third is that we've also taken uh, advantage of the Teams toolkit that's based in VS Code and the latest versions of that Teams toolkit, which I think are is in preview uh, as of the announcement last week. Um, with that latest version of the Teams toolkit, you can easily provision both a new Outlook add-in as well as you can um, create a, a single project and a single manifest that has both, you know, some of the elements of your Teams app as well as um, parts of your Outlook add-in. So outlooks are still called add-ins. I know that that's kind of off the beaten path, off, off the script here, but right, but there's names for things, right? So we still refer to these as outlook add-ins, even though they're built using the Teams SDK for now. That's right, and I think there is a very important place for outlook add-ins from in the developer toolbox from the developer toolbox um, aspect. Is it is the one piece of integration that allows a, a developer to integrate deeply with a mail or calendar item. So if you want to, you know, um, be responsive to changes in those those uh, item properties, or if you want to run something event-based, like I think the add-in technology is still the right one to use. And um, yes, we, we, and those are very specific to Outlook still because they are, you know, deeply tied to the mail or calendar item. Um, I think for a long time, actually, the web add-in community has been wanting to move away from the XML-based manifest to a JSON-based manifest. So this change also allows, um, you know, long-time add-in developers to start, you know, building and maintaining a JSON-based manifest for their add-in um, and, and had that reach newer Outlook clients. And then we're also doing the work on the product team. It, it's not yet released, but we're, uh, in active development, we're doing work to make those add-ins that are um, you know built and submitted as JSON-based manifest, using this JSON-based manifest. We're also doing the work to make those backwards compatible so that um, you don't have to maintain both an XML-based uh, add-in as well as a JSON-based uh, manifest. You can just do the new one, and we'll do the work to extract the add-in portion of that and make that available in older versions of Outlook clients. Oh, that's really cool. I was going to ask about that specifically. It was like, if I have a task pane app that works in a the mail paradigm within Outlook, but I also want to take advantage of message extensions is the theory that I go into the Teams call toolkit, create a new project, build the message extension, and then I bring in my Outlook add-in code into that same project and then deploy it using that new approach? Is that kind of the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. And as of today, that unified package can be sideloaded and tested in Outlook already. So, so you can actually start doing that today. And that was one of the big kind of calls to action from the virtual event is that, hey, developers, you can start trying this out today um, from the dev experience. And then when we get to build and um, later this summer, the intent is that you'll actually be able to submit these uh, unified packages to the store and have them be available in the newer versions of Outlook, Teams, uh, Microsoft 365, and also have the add-in portion of that be backward compatible and available in the older versions of Outlook client. This is an example of what I was sort of referring to earlier, where we're trying to do the work 
to unify a, a previously disparate ecosystem. And we're not going to ask developers to kind of do the new thing and keep the old thing going and dot, 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 dot. The idea is that we're going to be asking developers to move to this unified model and then we'll do the work to try to make sure you still have all the usage from the older clients that, that you know, you don't want to drop that as part of moving to the new model. So, so if the app is already installed through the Office Store in Outlook, you know, is that the same kind of thought process as well? That if someone goes and installs the Teams app for the Teams store and it has Outlook bits in it, will you do that work as well to be like, oh, that's the same Contoso bicycling app that was already in the Outlook store, in the Office store in Outlook? Or is that there needs to be a little bit of a change there from the developer side? That's a great question. Yes, we will do that work to make sure that you're not seeing both the old offering and the new offering. So yes, I think there is a plan to ensure that, I forgot we call it like acquisition continuity. So like basically as part of moving to this new model, right. you're not losing right, right. users that you know previously installed your add-in. I think that is not something we explicitly announced um, at the virtual event, but there's definitely a lot of work going into that. And I think that's more part of our backward compatibility story, which is going to be we're going to talk about that more at Build and then also have that fully rolled out later this year. But I guess people can infer mm-hmm. that's the, the thinking that's going around everything you're doing and right. the thoughtfulness around making sure that there is that continuity across, you know, the, the hard work they've got in getting people to get the app into Outlook and, and not having to like knock on doors again to get people to reinstall the new one. Yeah, no, that that is exactly some of the goals we're keeping in mind is that we want our existing Outlook developer community to feel like very ushered into this new model where we're not forcing adoption. Like I think I mentioned in the video, but on day one, every, you know, existing published Outlook add-in will be available in the new store. No work needed on the Outlook developer side. We're, we're doing that reconciliation work on the back end. Oh, that was my yeah. other question as well. Because this new store is like a fresh look, right, based on a different code base. So if you were in the store already, you'll still show up in this new shiny store that is now a combination of Teams and Outlook? That's right. You don't have to do any work. You'll still show up in the new store. However, if you do a little bit of like, you know, unifying your manifest, resubmitting your app, your previously separate Teams app and Outlook add-in can now be one offering that gets acquired together or or an admin can deploy together. And then, you know, Contoso Cycling can be fully available (laughs) across, you know, all the Microsoft 365 products with one step. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And that and that was quite one of the main things originally, right? Like I think it was Adobe had like seven or eight apps that you had like Azure AD app consent things that an admin would have to do across all these different products. And so consolidating that down into one one thing in store is kind of the ideal, ideal path there, which is great. So I have two really techie developer questions and it's okay to say, go find another guest for the <laughs> for next month. <laughs> so the first one is in the, in you were talking about uh, I can have this use the Teams toolkit and the Teams SDK to host in Outlook or the Microsoft 365 app. But if in Outlook specifically if I want to interact with the message or the calendar item, that's a different Outlook JavaScript SDK. And my expectations right now those are not merging whether they do in the future. So I so is that co- correct that I still will need to do the Teams SDK to interact with the host and the Outlook SDK to interact with the mail item, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. 
I saw I was nodding as you were talking, but I realized nobody could see that. Um, yes, so so that is correct. And for now, those are going to remain separate SDKs. Um, part of what we're trying to do as well is, like I mentioned, like maintain continuity. So as an add-in developer, you don't need to change any of your web code um, to participate in this new manifest. Uh, the new manifest can point to your existing URL and like all of that kind of just works. But we're trying to kind of minimize the change needed to move to this model. Um, there's probably opportunity down the road for us to, you know, further unify and like, you know, dedupe between various JavaScript SDKs we have. But that's not something we're currently planning to do. Okay, and then the other big question, there is yet another application in the Microsoft 365 suite that has apps and add-ins and developer stories. So if I'm doing SharePoint stuff, does, that, does this change anything? So there's a bunch of different ways that SharePoint participates in um, the developer ecosystem. So one aspect that we are already looking at is SPFX apps that are packaged as Teams personal apps. So you can build SPFX web parts and have them be part of a team's personal app. And we have done the work to ensure that those SPFX-based team's personal apps can also be hosted in Outlook in Microsoft 365. So that's the first step. You know, we, we wanted the personal app promise to be true, whether you've used, you know, SharePoint framework or, you know, choose your own programming technology to build that experience. So we've done that level of integration. I think SharePoint as a platform has a lot of other features and things, which which I, I wouldn't be an expert to talk about. <laughs> uh, we haven't integrated those yet in Outlook, and I'm not exactly sure how right, what that right. would look like. So. Well, and, this, and the same comment about the Outlook SDK for the mail, there still is the graph or whatever SDK to interact with SharePointy things, but I think that's going to be a big people, right? Do I, if I'm starting new, do I use the SharePoint SPFX generator creator thing or do I do the Teams toolkit to do a thing? And that's still a question developers are going to struggle with. And my takeaway is you understand that that is a question. You don't have an answer today. You didn't announce a big magic button today. Right, which is fine, right? I just want to make sure we're all clear. Yeah, no big magic button, but... <laughs> it's a pretty big button, though. Yeah, yeah no, regardless of whether you use Teams Toolkit or SPFX to build your personal app to begin with, those personal apps can work in Outlook and Microsoft 360. And that's kind of what we're announcing, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, I think that clarification is helpful for folks, so thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. And then the other one... Um, the, and I've got to make sure I use the right words here because I don't want to confuse people. But the products like Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, like they have add-ins too. And obviously we've had one on the call a bunch of times to talk about those. You know, like the Outlook side has been integrated, but is there a plan that if I've built a Word task pane that those kind of things come through? Is that like uh, that cons consolidation is going to happen as well? Yeah, so so that plan is is more clear to me than the, the SharePoint one yeah. because I think Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook uh, add-ins they're they're very much the same. A similar, right? And they have a lot of the same infrastructure. So we are starting with Outlook add-ins being part of Teams Toolkit, being part of the new manifest. But the intent is to have a similar path for WXP, Word, Excel, PowerPoint add-ins um, moving forward. So I think we, we haven't announced any specific timelines, but just so developers know where we're headed, the idea is that you would be able to use this unified manifest to um, bundle and package your Word, Excel, PowerPoint add-ins as well. Um, and that the unified store 
and unified admin experience will encompass um, those types of add-ins as well. No firm timeline, but that's definitely very much on our on our horizon. Yeah, I can definitely, there's a lot of ISVs that we speak to that obviously from a graph perspective that have all these different things across all those different product services, they're going to be really happy with this, having one app in the store or whatever than like eight as they do at the moment. So this is great. Yeah, I, I do think it'd be worth for y'all to do a follow-up on the SharePoint side because I, I actually don't know the plan there. Um, and I'm really not an expert on that. So um, so there's probably, a, there's probably, there's probably plans and, and ideas there that I wouldn't be you know, able to speak to. We will definitely pull them on. The, the pull quote is that I'm more clear on how to do this in Word and Excel than I am in SharePoint. That applies to like the entire community of Microsoft 365. Well, look, Jennifer, thank you for coming on. I learned a lot and I think uh, the value in this on top of the going, everyone, please go and watch the webinar itself was that this added a lot of the uh, commentary that's probably needed to to not only see this working in the in the session, but just to kind of get through all those questions that a lot of us devs have as we start looking at marketing material and unpacking of like, what does this actually mean? So thank you for uh, for answering all those questions as we fired them fired them at you today. Yeah, no problem. It was a really it was really my pleasure to talk to you, and um, I hope that the developer community likes the the announcements we've made, and we're really looking for people's feedback on what works, what doesn't work, what what further you know steps we can take to rationalize across all of our disparate platforms. So, so thank you so much. Where is the best place for them to give the feedback? Just a final final thought: is that is it correct to go to the blog post and just add comments on the blog post to the announcement? If we put that in the in the podcast link. Yeah, I think, the, I think the blog post would be a great place. We also have um, a GitHub repo for the, the Teams JavaScript SDK. That might be a good place as well for um, you know more specific feedback. If, if there's a particular question or ask, that might be the best way for, for those to get in. But any kind of like higher level questions might, might be better suited for the blog post. Yeah. On the blog post. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And Paul, thank you for all the smart questions that I didn't think of either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's buttering me up again. But yeah, great. Nice to meet you, Jennifer. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. You guys are a tough crowd. So thanks for having me. All right. See you next week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 